bleibt. Okay. Hello, welcome to Chapter Chumps. We are your chumps, or the chumps. You know, we're chumps. I don't know. I don't feel like anyone owns us. The tri-chumps. Yeah, that's us. We are chumps, and we're here to talk some chapters. Um, We're not owned by anyone or anything. No. Not... Not like the way that Frodo like doesn't really own Sam, but like their relationship is more than just like their friends. Like there's like Sam works for him. There's a know? weird. I mean, we're gonna get into it, but but yeah, th- there there is a part of that that I did want to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's not. There's something. There's something it, there that I want. It's not. To talk about. It's not like enslavement. You know, like it's not. I that, mean, but I don't even know this Sam fellow. Like I just met him. I just met the guy. Yeah. So, but right. but there is something I do want to say. Right. Okay. Um, so today we're going to be discussing chapters two and three, um, which is what the shadows of the past and three's company. Yep. Yeah, well, three, three is company. Before Not to be confused that, with the the sitcom. Was that a three's show? Company. Yeah, three's, right, company three's company is a very popular did sitcom. They, did they get that from Lord of the Rings? You think three's company? I think that's just a a very common phrase. Yeah, Tolkien didn't. Probably no. not. He, he could have. I don't know when it originated, but I think it was... Three is... Com- yeah, The Shadow of the Past and Three is Company. But the show is called Three's, you know, Three apostrophe S Company. That's what the name of right, the show is. Right, right. And that, that, the apostrophe that's... signifies that it is conjoining the word three and the word is together. Yeah, well, Correct. I mean, that's, that's how they got around... You know the the copyright yeah, there, yeah. You know, exactly. So the Tolkien estate couldn't sue them. Yeah, so. and um, it'll be funny to see if this comes up in a in a chapter down the line. But there's a spinoff show to Three's Company, and that's called Three's a Crowd. Yeah, that came out. I think that came out after Three's Company. Right, right after Three's Company. Yeah. So it'll three's be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if that's the name of a chapter down the line. <laughs> You know what's funny too is so Three's a Crowd that wasn't like a direct sequel or anything to Three's Company like that was that was specifically a spin-off, right? <laughs> that was a spin-off, yes. Not not a continuation of like the Three's Company like canon necessarily, no. like not like a direct like with the same characters, but it was a it spin-off. Was, it was not Three's Company subtitle Three's a Crowd. It was it was right. it was a new show but is spin spinning off of the original okay. show. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Um, I don't know. Tolkien does like to rework chapter names, you know. He does. The yeah. Hobbit starts with a uh, uh, unexpected party, and then we get the long expected party. Yep. Here, yep. so I, I mean, can see it. It could the the creator of the show could just be a big Tolkien fan. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get into that next. Um, and who 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 was the the leading man in that show? Because any of you guys know? No. Uh, William Southersby. Uh, wrong. Okay. The who? late the late John Ritter. Very funny man. You remember him, Connor? Remember what's he late what, for? Well, well the the role you'll know him for. Yeah, is he played JD's father in an episode of Scrubs? <laughs> <laughs> yep, 
Okay. <laughs> Wasn't he like a total deadbeat asshole? Like, <laughs> I, I think he was a deadbeat kind of, but kind of just a guy. I don't think he was an asshole. I think he just didn't have his shit together. Yeah. He was, like a dis- he was like more of a disappointment dad than an asshole, I think. Right, right. Then, that's, that's the dad I'm, I aspire to be. That's well, the that's dad just, I will become. Well, yeah, but that's, I mean, it's really out of our control. It's just how we are. Yeah, we, uh, right. We're disappointments as we are. We'll yeah. just become disappointment yes. dads through fatherhood. Exactly. Um, oh, boy. And then John Ritter, unfortunately, he, he, he had a heart attack and passed away. It right. was very sad, but um, then there was a, the whole episode of Scrubs where the dad had a heart attack, and so that was a, that became a plot point. Wow, jeez. Yeah, yeah. It's like life imitates art, you know. It is. Yeah, it's it's because you know, it's just a coincidence that that's how it works. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, some. I, you know what this. Some would say that the producers of Scrubs cursed John Ritter. I don't know. That's just something. I, that's, just, that's something I've heard. But I, I mean, who's to say? Either way, that's right. It's not something you would say. It's something that some other people yes. might say. Yes, correct, correct. You know, you're not saying that. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. I, I wouldn't go that far. No. But some might say, you know, just like that Oasis song. Some might say that that happened. So. They'd say. Maybe <laughs> three the scrubs writers <laughs> curse John Ritter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, do you guys know what the what uh, Three's company was based off of? Because <laughs> it it itself was a spinoff. I thought I kind of thought we weren't doing uh, like the whole op- opening bullshit. British, British sitcom Robin's Nest. Yeah. Wow. That, that You're like was, full of just yeah. all this meaningless, bullshit. stupid bullshit. This is yeah. The first, you just <laughs> this is the fir- that that was the first thing that I didn't have off the top of my head. This was on the Wikipedia page, but because I wanted to make sure I got the. <laughs> The name of the sick of of the spinoff, right? But um, yeah, I didn't well, know that until right now. So it's like and a spinoff here you of a spinoff are of a spinoff. It. Yeah, yeah, because because that show, so so Three's Company is based off of a, a British show called Robin's Nest, but that show Robin's Nest is actually a spinoff of a show called Man About the House. So it's like a this spinoff is- of a spinoff of a spinoff. This is like, you know, how yeah. how deep does the rabbit hole go, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to I'm breaking away from it. I'm getting out of the hole. You guys are going to have to help Can help we? pull me out. Um but yeah. Yeah, that, let's talk uh, about Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Um at, well, actually just talking about like art and, and <laughs> it's like people making it and stuff. I did want to mention one thing while we're while we're kind of like just having a general talk here before we get into the chapter discussion. Because um, last last week, our first episode, I went through that reading um, that uh, that that Tolkien wrote, and um, where he was talking about like the I don't know it, if his text has any meaning, right? The analysis yeah. of it, and um, actually, yeah, I, I need like back, I went back and read it uh, last night. Actually, okay, cool. Um, yeah, if you have any thoughts you want to share, I'd say go for it. But I just want to well, mention this first, Josh. Yeah. Go um, so, I 
feel like I made like a whole to do about how um, Tolkien's saying that it doesn't mean anything. There's no like thematic um, information to be gleaned from the text. And like he does like kind of say that pretty flat out. But um, I guess I just wanted to like clarify. He mentions a little bit later on, he says, um, an author cannot, of course, remain wholly unaffected by his experience. But the ways in which a story germ uses the soil of experience are extremely complex. And then um, he makes this distinction between um, allegory <clears throat> and arrangements, which I thought was interesting. Or sorry, applicability. Yeah. And I just want to read this line, and then I'll, I'll we'll go from there. But he says, I think that many confuse applicability with allegory, but the one resides in the freedom of the reader and the other in the purposed domination of the author. And so I think really what he means there is, like, one, I'm trying to make my, really, the story came about from my attempts to, like, not not get across any one theme, but to, like, make my own fictional history, which would, like, inevitably tell a story just in the way that our own history does. And also, like, people, an allegory, he's saying, is, is like, a conjecture or or a theme that the reader draws from the text saying like, hey, I think Tolkien maybe meant this because of this, this, and this. And Tolkien's saying like, that's all fucking bullshit. <laughs> I don't like that. He's not really saying what he meant, but he's saying like the themes in there, the only themes that he considers to be like true of the text are the ones that he intended. Um, and then he doesn't really go on much more about it than that. But yeah. it, it's not so much that there are no themes to be like, you know, discussed, obviously, which would be the allegory side of it. But, like, even more so than that, it's not that Tolkien went about writing this without, like, thinking about themes, I think, but more so that, like, he was crafting a history and the themes came about it from there. So that's the only point I wanted to make to kind of clarify from what we were discussing last week. Mm -hmm. Josh, what were you thinking about from reading well, so this? I, or, or I, I read it last week because what you brought up... Uh, sorry, I read it yesterday because what you brought up last week was very interesting to me and I wanted to see if there was any other details in here and that applicability versus allegory line really stuck, stuck, stood out to me but I read it more as like oh he's just outlining exactly the problem with like every English teacher ever yeah <laughs> it's like no the author did not mean this but yes it is an applicable lesson to be learned from the text yeah yeah I think that's fair too um, but I did actually add one note when I was reading this and it's the page going before it, what we were just talking about and uh, where he's talking about why he went back and basically revised the book and how all these people would send him feedback on the book, which is very interesting to think that people would write the authors and uh, like send them letters of like asking questions more about the uh, more questions about the, uh, the world or like they saying they didn't like this or that. It sounds very much just like the internet comments, yeah. but like someone actually went with a pen and paper and wrote it out or maybe used a typewriter. Um, it sounds like typewriters weren't that big of a thing yet because he says that uh, 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 maybe not that big of a thing, but like professional typewriting is like out beyond his means according to this, <clears throat> this forward. Yeah. Um, but one of the <clears throat> things that got me was 
Uh, at the end of this paragraph, he says, the most critical reader of all, myself, now finds many defects, minors and major, minor and major, uh, but being fortunately under no obligation either to review the book or to write it again, he will pass over these in silence, except one that has been noted by others. The book is too short. <laughs> too short. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. The, this book series whose length is one of the primary reasons I've waited 29 years to read it. Um, and a book which I spend several hours trying to get through 50 pages. Yeah. It's, it's too short. That that got me because I, I literally like spent the last two Sunday afternoons reading for this podcast, the two chapters that we set aside. I thought last week that it was just the prologue was very dry and that was not helping me. But no, I I sat down to read these two chapters and uh, I sat down at. Oh boy, <clears throat> must have been like one, two o'clock. I finished at after six. Yeah. So, and that that was me on the couch getting up only to let Nova out. It, like I was falling asleep. I was writing notes. It was. <laughs> I am not the kind of reader who can just sit down and. Well, no, I, I'm not the kind of reader who will just plow through a book like on like reading it at like a hundred percent of the, my, my brain power is on it. it. If I do that, I'm just going to crash. Yeah. Which I think is what I did. So. No, I, I get it. I mean, I think as we, as we kind of go ahead and discuss these chapters, you know, one of the things that I was going to mention was, um, that, you know, there it's there, there are like moments in these chapters where, I get suddenly like really invested and excited, but like mm -hmm. there's a lot of information in between those parts, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to keep track of everything. And yeah, uh, for <clears throat> me, it's like, as soon as I lay down, my brain thinks, Oh, not, not time. And, but I also want to be comfy when I'm reading the book. I, and I don't, want that to, seems to be a, I don't want to be a like reoccurring to... problem for you, Josh. I think yes. you need to pick a new reading position. You need well, like, well, uh, I, said, I, I move around. I, I try to move around, but then it's like, I'm, I'm, I eventually end up in a reclined position and <laughs> like inevitably, like the entropy of the over, universe. You can't help it. Several hours. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Even if I'm sitting in this chair, I will put my feet up and I will just like put the book down at one point and just like close my eyes. I'll be like, my eyes are tired. I'm going to rest them for 10 minutes. And Oh my God, it's four o'clock. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, I, I get it. I mean, I, I, as much as I'm enjoying this book, like I'm also I, I don't think it's the most like riveting thing. And like we're not really like not, in the no. thick of it yet either. So um Right, it's not. And uh I mean the other part of it is that I'm I'm working effectively an extra day every week now, thanks to my very successful uh employer, apparently. And uh yeah, we are uh, I, I might be pushing myself a little bit right now, but I, I'm not completely burned out yet. So let's keep going. Yeah, let's uh, let's get into the chapter discussion for real. Um, so chapter two, the shadow of the past. Um, oh, that's why it's. It's funny because like last week we ended our episode. Josh is like, "Hey, I think there might be kind of a big time skip here," and I'm like, eh, "I'll give it six months." It's been <laughs> 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, since to be the fair, it does start with chapter. it does start with the talk did not die down in nine or even ninety nine days. So there's your six months right there, close three months. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it just, um, it just keeps skipping and skipping. It does, yeah. No, it, it picked up fast and right. Ultimately, it's it's seventeen years since Bilbo's eleventy month birthday. Eleventy first. <laughs> However you'd say 111th. If Bilbo can say 111, then I can say 111th, <laughs> all right? Yeah, I think both my, are valid. My brother once said when we were very young, like like single digits young, it's like Halloween is on October 31th. <laughs> uh, I think this is the first time company, that, that's the first time that phrase has come up in uh, since then, I think. It, let him know. Been, yeah. No, I don't know. I forgot about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's uh, really in this chapter, Frodo is like constantly kind of thinking about Bilbo, wondering, you know, what happened to him. But he's kind of been like living his life in Bag End in the Shire and, you know, largely enjoying it. Um, and Gandalf, he's kind, uh, uh, kind of filling Bilbo's role in the community, just being a weird little guy. Yeah, he is. He's he's the resident weird little guy, um, a bachelor, you know, just a, a weird, weird, <laughs> weird little guy indeed. And um, Gandalf, you know, kind of visits periodically every every so often. But then um, there's this one stretch. He's gone for nine years, and then he comes back um, just just prior to Frodo's birthday, I think it is. It's like um, the spring, spring before his 50th birthday. Yeah, yeah, before his 50th. Um, Which coincidentally is the same, same age Bilbo was when he left yes, 50. Yes, yeah, clearly um, that seems important. And, and actually, since... You brought it up, Josh. I was thinking, um, I, I feel like I keep coming back to, because um, I think I mentioned in The Hobbit, too, but, like, that feeling that, like, because, you know, Bilbo kind of sets off for his adventure in his midlife, and we kind of learn now that for Hobbits, it's younger than we would consider our human years, but I feel like Tolkien as a human writer is kind of like, there's this analogy there between, um, you know, Tolkien on the outset of his midlife adventure of writing the story and then like, you know, kind of giving his characters the same, same kind of role. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so Gandalf comes back and he's like the ring, the, remember I said not to wear the ring. You haven't been wearing that, right? Like, cause it's really important that you haven't been wearing that. Um, and then we get into the whole Frodo ring discussion and yep. We get the, the whole history of the ring. The whole yeah, there's a lot. The history of the ring, the history of Smeagol. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot. We get a lot. We will obviously be talking about that in an itemized list, I'm sure. But we get a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> extra, extra. And um, but but ultimately, you know, it it ends in this understanding that like the ring, th this is the one ring. It is incredibly dangerous and if the enemy the darkness the shadow gets its hands on it then the world is doomed so something must be done about it and it has fallen upon frodo to 
at least be on the outset of this journey, which is kind of a fun twist. Like Gandalf's like, I don't even know if you're going to actually end up doing that much, but at least get it somewhere else. It needs to not be here. Um, <laughs> and so Frodo's only goal at this point is to go to Rivendell with the ring, um, accompanied by Sam thus far at the end of this first chapter. And then we'll we'll kind of get into like where where that leads us in the second chapter. But I, I think that's pretty much yeah, the summation of chapter two. Yeah, let's uh, let's just dive right into it. Yes, I got Connor. <laughs> Connor, start us off. Tell me what you thought of this chapter. It's a it's a big chapter. Yeah, yeah, it is a big chapter. Um, I mean, I. I was very happy with um, kind of a deep dive into the history of the ring. I, I, I really liked, you know, just the idea of Gandalf kind of going off and just kind of being obsessed with this mystery kind of and, and, and getting to the bottom of it. Um, he went down the Wikipedia rabbit hole for, for yeah. 10 fucking years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, comes back and, and he's like, yeah, you know, I pretty much know most of the deal now, <laughs> like still not a hundred percent sure, but this is what I know. And then, he, you know, it's like, yeah. he just kind of like throws all this heavy shit on Frodo and Frodo's like, so like, why me why can't you take it and he's like i'm just i'm not taking that shit you know like you know? <laughs> over the course of like a day and a half because they start they yeah. start talking like that night and then he's like you know what we'll talk about it when it's not dark outside just like set the mood and they wait for the next day for at like tea time to start talking about yeah. all like really heavy shit yeah and even then there's stuff he's like it's this is not the place to talk about it <laughs> yeah i mean it's very very closely guarded information um for him and you know obviously his his fear is like if i if if i ever obtain the ring like i'm too powerful i could you know use all that power like in in a in like terrible ways like i like it would be way more disastrous if if i was uh the man behind the ring um but yeah i mean it was fascinating the whole smeagol stuff was was cool it's it's hard to imagine um Gollum as like a more of a regular person or more of a real person like that's kind they're kind of related to hobbits like it's it's still kind of unclear who or what he is but um I don't think he looked like that um I don't think think he always looked like that I think he looked more normal yeah he didn't Um, so I I'm glad you brought that up because I wrote a note down last time, because I I I'm glad this part was like literally like the next chapter we read. I I wasn't sure where it was in the book, but I knew it was earlier than it shows up in the movies. But yeah, uh, Gollum was originally a Hobbit or Hobbit like ancestor race, according to this book, mm-hmm. uh, and he constantly referred to the ring as his birthday present in the Hobbit. Uh, so since hobbits, this is my note here, since hobbits give away presents on their birthdays and Gollum calls the ring his birthday present in The Hobbit, did Gollum lose or give away the ring on his birthday? That was oh, the question. Oh, like, was it, was it his birthday, like... When he encountered Bilbo. Oh, that would be even funnier. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean... That's what I want, that's what I was 
like I really want to ask this question. Can we get whatever yeah. whatever evil force is is driving the ring? You know, Gandalf obviously he he implies that like it's it's not all um, the Dark Lord or whatever pushing it. Like like there's some kind of weird spirit that is that is making these things happen. Like the ring will always be found. You know, um, so I mean. Maybe maybe that entity just loves birthdays and coincidences. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's and, a little Douglas Adamsy in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and uh you know, getting more into kind of like the big baddie. Um that that was cool too. I mean, it really is just like a major info dump from Gandalf. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, cl- classic wall of text. Uh, yeah. Get, like, give right me a there. TLDR for crying out loud. Bring yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, Fire yeah. to work. <laughs> what did you think about um, the the big baddie, Connor? Did you have any thoughts on that? Because Gandalf does some talking about the enemy and that that whole yeah. deal. Yeah, I mean, um, I I don't I I don't really know yet. Um, sounds like a like a cool bad guy who it's and it kind of sounds like you know it does kind of feel like Voldemort ish where he he was like he went away for a long time and now he's back or even Palpatine you know <laughs> like, like yeah this this d- d- terrible evil forest was was banished long ago but it didn't take and now they're back and they're gonna be worse than yeah. ever yeah so that's actually one thing I want to clarify the necromancer that was mentioned that's been mentioned before that's Sauron, or like some I think some so. version of him, because it sounds I, like I think so. It sounds like he was defeated and lost the ring, and was banished to Merkwood, where he like recoalesced or something and became the Necromancer, and then the white uh, the white wizards banished him from the Merkwood, and he's he's reestablished himself back in Mordor now. Yeah, the only other possibility I was considering because. As we know, necromancers um, they they play a lot of the pro they resurrect the dead, oh. you know, or or work oh, in like death yeah. magic. And so, like, I also wonder if the necromancer was like a separate entity, but like played a hand in like the the revival or the the rehabilitation of Sauron. Yeah, um, I'd be okay with either of those, but it sounds it, it from what I was able to piece together through the pronoun game that they're playing this chapter. Uh, it well, sounds to me like the Necromancer and Sauron are the same. Do they even mention the Necromancer? Uh, they mention... They I don't mention think... the mission that he was on. Right, so they don't name drop the Necromancer, but right. like Josh is saying, they do... Gandalf does do... Expl- uh, like, goes through an explanation saying, like, um, that there was, like, that darkness in the Mirkwood, which is pretty much oh, yeah, how... Yeah. The very, very end of The Hobbit Ends when Gandalf's like, hey, uh-huh. here's what I was, you know, doing yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. out. Yeah. Yep. And there was that whole thing about, like, the other white wizards and stuff. And so, like, um, and and Gandalf also makes mention to, to the, like, the Wise Council or whatever they're called. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of connecting those threads from the last book to here. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess I think you're probably right, Josh, that the necromancer is meant to be Sauron in the end. Um, and I, I like that Connor brought up that it made him think of Voldemort or um, Palpatine, because my note actually 
I, I wrote the, the line down because I just thought it was great. It was um, Sauron's shadow fled and took shape again in Mirkwood. And um, my first thought was like, oh, that's Ganon. You know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Um, from Zelda. What is it with all these? What is all these like major evil characters just like getting banished and just kind of like recoalescing I mean, somewhere it's, else? It's true, but all the characters that we mentioned came after this, so it is kind of funny to think of like Sauron as maybe a proto version of those those entities that we see. Um, and of course, you know, Tolkien pulls from like a lot of works in like the western canon and and you know like he was like very well read and well learned and and shit so like you know even though i'm not aware of if this could be you know a a, a trope or an idea from further back um you know it, but it, it makes me think of these more modern incarnations of it there's there's even this other line i wrote down this was on page 60 of my copy uh it says <clears throat> always after a defeat and a respite the shadow takes another shape and grows again which I also thought was like very, very Ganon-esque in my mind. Um, so that was yeah. that was kind of interesting to read through. And we we even, we get a lot of talks about like, you know, not just Sauron, um, who they refer to as the Dark Lord, but um, a lot of like the enemies, or like they they refer to like the Horde as like the enemy, but. Um, there was this other part where, um, let's see, do I have this? Uh, I don't know. I had a specific line I was going to look at, but it's no big deal. It, it was it was this line where like Gandalf was explaining about like the difference. He's like, oh, the orcs are rising and this and that. And then he's like, and there's even like creatures that people just don't have names for. And it's like, what the fuck? Like... I thought that was a cool world building idea because it didn't sound like it didn't sound like Gandalf was like holding back. Like, I don't even want to tell you because it's so bad. It's like they just don't have names. No one knows what they are. You know, they're just people just see these things. And even in this like crazy magical fantasy world, it's like, what the fuck is that? Like, I'm not fighting that, like, you know, yeah. um, and it, it makes it feel like very dark and mysterious. Um, so there was like a lot of good like foreboding ominous details that I thought were dropped in this passage that really made like the threat feel like vast and yeah, formidable. There's also a lot of details that just like they hear from like passerbys and like the news that trickles in. It was like, oh yeah, shit's not that good outside the Shire right now, is it? Yeah. And then the, all the hobbits are like, yeah, forget it. Frodo's <laughs> like, hmm, I wish Gandalf was here. Yeah. For like 15 years. Yeah, right? Crazy. Um, I get it, though. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's kind of focus in on this conversation between Gandalf and the ring, or G Gandalf and Frodo concerning the ring, and, um, and I guess, like, all the revelations that, that come from that. <clears throat> because there, there are a lot... I like that we touched on the whole Schmeagel thing, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that, but I thought it might be good to start with, like, the history of the ring and, and what Gandalf knows about it, how he even knows about it, like, the sharing of that. Um, 
because there was, um, okay, so on my copy, it's page 56. Well, let me just flip to it real quick because I wanted to read this, this passage about it. <clears throat> it's about the great rings. It says, in Eregion, long ago, many elven rings were made, magic rings as you call them, and they were, of course, of various kinds. Some more potent and some less. The lesser rings were only essays in the craft before it was full grown, and to the elven smiths they were but trifles. Yet still, to my mind, dangerous for mortals. But the great rings, the rings of power, they were perilous. Well, credits. <clears throat> so that's Gandalf talking to Frodo. And so we kind of get the history of, like, magic rings themselves, like... They're kind of a big deal in general, even the ones that, like, don't fucking matter that much. And then there's, like, yep. the Great Rings. And those are the Rings of Power. It, oddly, it reminds me of the, the masks from Bionicle. You have, like, everyone has a mask, and, like, the higher up, like, the the power creep you go, like, the more powerful the masks are. Like, the, the Turaga have, like, the, the Great... Not the Great, but, like, the... Um, like the roll mass, and that's all I have like the great masks of power. Then you get it just keeps going up and up, it's like legendary and stuff. But it, it, it reminds me of that for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, ones, which are still kind of good, but then you also got the great ones, which are awesome. Right. Yeah. It's like very, I guess, like that typical fantasy sort of like, there's like a clear distinction. Like, you know if you have, like, a, a normal ring or, like, a great ring. Like, it's not yeah. like there's a gray area where it's like, is your ring great? Uh, I don't know. It's like, no. Like, you know if your ring is legendary. Like, you are or you aren't. One of the lines from Harry Potter that sticks with me is when Harry's getting his wand from Ollivanders for the first time. And he's uh, learning about the connection between his wand and Voldemort's. And Ollivander tells him that... Voldemort was a great wizard, yes. Terrible, but great. Yeah. And it's that terrible, but great. Like, great can mean a lot of different things. Uh, yeah. It, it does a lot of heavy lift. It can do a lot of heavy lifting. So when somebody, so when a fantasy author says something is great, I start to pay attention. It's like, ooh, what kind of great are we talking about here? Yeah. Yeah, true. And when Tolkien's using it, that's... Things are going to get interesting. <clears throat> um... The only other part I wanted to touch on in terms of, like, the history, because, so we briefly get that idea of, like, the elves are the ones who, like, forged the original mm -hmm. rings, the magic rings. And so then, like, naturally, my next question was, like, so did the elves make the one ring? Um, well, we know that Sauron's responsible for making the one ring itself, because yep. they mentioned that. He forged it himself, I think. Yeah, and so um, we get this passage that, that pretty much accounts for, like, all the rings. There's 20 in all, 19 that were, like, just handed out to the rulers of the respective races, and then the one ring yep. itself. Yep, there's a whole poem about it. <clears throat> there sure is. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the three fairest of all, the elf lords hid from him, and his hand never touched them or sullied them. Seven the dwarf kings possessed, but three he has recovered. So Sauron has three magic rings. Um, seven the dwarf kings, oh yeah, possessed, but um, I just read that. Three he has recovered, and others, the others, the dragons have consumed. Also an interesting detail, especially because yep. the Hobbit was about, you A know. Dragon. 
a dragon? Like, did Smaug eat a magic ring or several? Uh, we actually get a name for another dragon, a dragon that isn't uh, <clears throat> Smaug. I think it's uh, it's in Caligon the Black. And uh, yeah, one I thing that I, I thought was named aside from Smaug. One thing I thought was mm. interesting is um, it's a cool name. They they, they kind of name dragons as like oh. The, like these are the most powerful dragons or whatever, and Smog is not in the in the conversation. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Smog actually is not shit. Smog yeah. was like like the the fat like lazy uh like trailer park kind of dad, just like yeah. sitting on the like, sitting on in his lazy boy when yeah he, he was like the John Ritter of dragon. Oh man, you know. He's got like uh like like potato chip crumbs all over his uh, stomach, and that's that's like the you know all the gold. And the one, and shit the one he... part, the one part where the potato chip was missing is where yeah. he got hit by the. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all lines up. I mean, Smaug had heart problems too in the end, you know. Mm-hmm. So it all yeah. it makes sense, in uh, in one way or another. Um. So yeah, so I thought it was interesting. Sauron has three of the magic rings given to the Dwarf Lords. The others are eaten by dragons. Um, Nine he gave to mortal men, proud and great, and so ensnared them. Long ago they fell under the dominion of the One, and they became ring wraiths, shadows under his great shadow, his most terrible servants. Um, and then um, somewhere... Yeah, and then and then just a little bit further on, it says, So it is now, the nine he has gathered to himself, the seven also, or else they are destroyed, the three are hidden still, but that no longer troubles him. He only needs the one, for he made that ring himself. It is his, and he let a great part of his own former power pass into it so that he could rule all the others. So um, it kind of feels like he literally like poured his soul into it. You know, Connor, before you were talking about like, there's like this force or this will that like moves the ring. And I don't think it's like Sauron himself, like the person, but I think like Sauron's like will well, is inside of the ring. Well, so Gandalf does mention that. I think, I think he says that like now that, now that he's awake and he's like looking for it, he like, he does have a connection to it. He can, you know, will, will it to do things or, or has power over it. But I think there's like a line that Gandalf says, it's like, but there's, but it's more than that. It has like a, yeah, like it has a spirit of its own or, you know, something akin to that. Right. Yep. Yeah. Even more mysterious. And I think hearing you explain that too, Connor, like, oh, now that Sauron's awake and he knows the ring is out there and this and that, like, I think maybe that sort of explains, maybe, maybe. Like, in the last book, in The Hobbit, like, I remember you saying, like, oh, shouldn't Bilbo be, like, more fucked up and stuff? And Tolkien's already kind of gone out of his way to show that Bilbo's actually incredibly remarkable and is the only person in the history of the ring to ever, like, willingly give it up, and that's, like, incredible. Um, But also... It seems like maybe like Sauron's power was so much lesser during the time of the Hobbit that like it could yeah. also have an effect on the ring, you know, like they're they're bonded somehow. That's a very good headcanon. Mm. Yeah. And so like as Sauron's power is like recovered and grown, like so too, right? Does like that kind of like grow in tandem with the ring? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I know. I maybe could be. Yeah. I can see that. 
Um, yeah, what, uh, is there any, anywhere you want to go with this, Josh? I'm sure you have a lot to dive into as well. I have a lot of notes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, uh, I'm just looking at my notes real quick. I don't think there's anything r much related to the origin of the ring or the rings in general that uh, I actually That's have okay. notes on. So yeah, I think most we're of we're free to good. free to jump around. You ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Do <laughs> uh, I have a note on uh, the timing of all this? Just I, I I've been keeping track now. Apparently, uh, like we mentioned earlier, it's been 17 years since uh, the last chapter. Frodo was approaching 50 years old, the same age as Bilbo when he went on his journey, uh, which would have been 78 years ago. Uh, before this this book or this this chapter I should say now so it's been nearly 80 years I think Gandalf even mentions he was he uh, he thinks back to that day nearly 80 years ago when Bilbo ran off without his handkerchief yeah true um, one of the rumors that we're hearing is that the elves are going west and that they're traveling through the Shire and that they are uh, that uh, could now be seen passing westward through the woods in the evening, passing and not returning, but they were leaving Middle-earth and were no longer concerned with its troubles. My note here is that the elves are apparently pulling a dolphin. Or, like, the dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's funny, um, because I, they do kind of... Um, I feel like they sort of are presented as, like, the higher beings, you know? Like, yeah. And they're just like, yeah, we're done. We're out of here. Who would the mice be, I wonder? <laughs> I, I have a theory I, I have a, a, a thought on that but it's because yeah. I know a little bit more about the story than I should at this point so I'm not yeah. going to say um, we get so long and thanks for all the songs <laughs> yep <laughs> good one uh, we got a first mention of Mordor uh, like right after that like it's literally on the same sticky note for me um, the White Council's mission to the Necromancer, with the Necromancer mentioned, uh, who seems to be, sorry, I'm trying to read my crappy handwriting, who <laughs> seems to have reappeared in Mordor and, uh, built a dark tower. So I'm basically just summarizing that for myself, I guess. Yeah. Uh, though I did, I did write White, the White, the White Power Council and crossed out power because I just wanted to keep that little meme going. Uh, from, Good stuff. From, great note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, orcs multiplying. Trolls went to college and new challengers appearing. Definitely a sequel. <laughs> oh, the trolls went to college. Yeah, they're smart now. Yeah. Yes. They're not yeah. going to get uh, tricked into staying up all night. How does that happen so fast? It's been 80 years. Yeah, but like, can you evolve as a species that much in 80 well, they years? Evolve. They went to college. Yeah. Okay. They were, Sauron had a no troll left behind initiative. <laughs> <laughs> um, a note on how the ring seems to work in that keeping a great ring uh simply continues your existence and if they use the ring then it they you eventually fade to nothing permanently 
So there's a consequence for using the ring now. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I had that note down too, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I really liked that. Especially I like the idea that um, if you're mortal and you, you possess the ring, you won't die. And so it's like, oh, yeah, eternal life. But it's like really just it's like hell. It's just total damnation because, um, you know, even even Gandalf says, like, you know, Schmeagol ended up hating the ring and hating himself, but like not being able to get rid of it. You know, you're you're stuck with it, you know, Mm -hmm. and so like you're literally just like damned to like eternal horrible existence and then even if you don't have the ring then like it's the it, you're just consumed by it you know um mm-hmm. so it's a really great great twist on that idea where you know uh, generally uh the pursuit of like immortality or eternal life um is is always a double-edged sword and always goes badly like the last crusade or whatever else yep. you want to pull from like it's always bad to not want to die and so Tolkien has a great addition to that, like, um, that fictional idea with with the ring. And it's like, yeah, sure, you know, you won't die, um, but you'll sure wish you were. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, you know, we kind of, you know, I, I, I guess get a little bit about this in the uh, next chapter, but uh, Gandalf has has seen Bilbo, right? Um I forget if Gandalf has in the I know next the other chapter. guy did. I know the other guy did. Right, the yes. did. Yeah, yeah. But um regardless, I I uh I the, the the this concept of, you know, what what what's made of him after after he parts away ways with the ring, you know, that that's that's very interesting to me. So, you know, I, I hope we do get some some more Bilbo content. Yeah, I agree. It's intriguing that, um, like, it makes sense, especially for Frodo, you know, to be wondering. But I, I like that Tolkien uses that idea to kind of flesh out Frodo's character a little bit more. But also, like, keep Bilbo around as a character, even though he's not present in the narrative yeah you know it's like keep him mentioned yeah right it's like oh yeah like bilbo's you know maybe off adventuring somewhere or maybe not it's like i'm not gonna drop names but it does kind of make me think of the way that herbert writes sometimes in dune where it's like you know whoa what happened with this character and it's like you don't know but the characters do and like sometimes they'll talk about it off and on and Mm -hmm. you kind of like got to use those small bits of information to be like, oh, like, what's going on with this dude, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's interesting. I, I like that, too. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, so a little later on, we have when... We have Gandalf connecting the dots with Bilbo. And I like how he pointed out thin and stretched is what Bilbo had said. Uh, and that was a sign that the ring was getting hold. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, but my actual note here is when Frodo asks, how long have you known all this? And Gandalf goes, known? I have known much about the wise... Uh, oh, fuck. I have known much that only the wise know, Frodo. But if you mean known about this ring, well, I still do not know, one might say. There is a last test to make, but no longer. But I no longer doubt my guess. 
It's like, ah, there's the pedantic fuck Gandalf. Yeah, no Absolutely. Yeah. I was rolling my eyes so hard during this part. Same. Like, after but every same- question, after every question that, you know, Frodo asks, you know, Gandalf is like, well, I know a lot. Like, I, like, I know a lot more than you do, but this specific thing, like, that's a bit more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, at the same time, uh, the difference between knowing and, uh, and and no longer harboring any doubt is an interesting distinction to be made. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he's giving himself some wiggle room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree, but, like, this idea that um, all the way 17 years ago, and even earlier on, like, Gandalf even says, like, you know, I've kind of suspected that Bilbo might have something, like, incredibly dangerous that, like, the entire fate of the of, of all existence yeah. could revolve around yep. since the moment he told me about the ring. But, uh, you know, I just kind of wanted to see what, you know, we'll see where it goes, you know? It's kind of, it's it's funny because, like, I feel like Tolkien wants to write Gandalf as, like, wise and all-knowing, but, like, you kind of get that conundrum where it's like, well, if you knew about it, then why the fuck... Didn't, didn't you do anything. anything? Yep. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I couldn't have, I couldn't have done anything. It wasn't my ring to take." And the, and then he does he does explain obviously if he had the ring, like the consequences of that. So I think in that regard, it's covered. The thing that that I wanted to to mention that I thought was really funny, and you can also just think of a very simple explanation for it. But um, Gandalf's like, oh yeah, like we can we can just throw it in the fire. Just like any old regular fire, just heat it up a bit, and then we'll know for sure if it's the one ring. And it's like, when did you figure that out? You know, like, could we have just made that test 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. C- could we have just thrown it in the fire then? Um, or, or is it like during this nine-year gap between the last time he was in the Shire and... This chapter, I, did I he learn this this incredibly specific detail of how to test for if it's the one ring or not? I think he, my God, I got the impression that he'd learned it during the nine year gap. Uh, but even he, then, like, so, so if if you learn about, a, did it take him nine years to get back? Where was he? Right, exactly. <laughs> it feels like if you have a surefire way to test and see if this is the one ring or not, like, wouldn't that be the only thing on your mind wouldn't it be the the one singular thing that you would dedicate your life to do to just get back to the shire and find out for sure how did this take so long he he obviously has a lot on his mind other than the ring and gets distracted very easily he has a lot of friends in a lot of places um you know he just gets sidetracked and is it possible that Gandalf has ADHD? He definitely does. Absolutely <laughs> does. Well, to quote the movie from I don't a scene I'm not sure it's in the book or not. A wizard is is never late nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's what I like to think of, you know, myself as as uh doing. <laughs> I was kind of waiting for that line, Josh, but uh, I feel like if it was going to happen it would have happened by now. Hmm. It'll probably show up at some point, but uh, yeah, that, that's one Anyways, of the, the big ones. Uh, it yes. doesn't. Um, it doesn't really bother me. Like, 
I'm not going to go nitpick alert here, but I, I am just saying, like, it was kind of funny. Like, the, I, I kind of get every other point that Gandalf has to make. It's like, oh, well, I was going to do this, but then this. and But then in the end, he's like, oh, well, let's just find out if it's the ring or not and just casually toss it into the fire. And by the way, Gandalf and then it takes, takes like two pages. the ring. He holds the ring. Yeah. He's the one who puts it in the fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the, that's the first time he touches the ring? Yeah. As far I think as we so. know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I also thought that was kind of they, interesting. They it's like, how do the rules shame? work? Yeah. No, it was, it was a weird moment. I, I did catch it when I was reading, but it was like, maybe I'm just misinterpreting how he takes it. Like, because he, he pulls it out of the fire with like a poker or something or like fire tongs. But it's never said like, oh, he put it in with like the chain, like held it by the chain or something like that. I, oh, no. I, I will have to watch in the movie to see if they, they clarify that at all. Yeah. I think he just threw it in there. But uh, oh, he well, probably I, did. I, I'm pretty sure I remember in the movie they change it. I don't think he ever touches it. I don't think... That, that's what I mean. Like, this could be, like, one of those, like, plot holes that Tolkien missed. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. He talks about Does in, in he... The maybe board. he throws it with magic, you know? It's just, like, bam. Mage hand. Yeah. And it, and it <laughs> jumps into the fire. Hmm. That's probably a, awesome. probably a magic yeah. hand. Yeah. Probably... Tolkien probably meant to write about that and then forgot. Good old magic yeah. hand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, just trying to run through my notes real quick here. Uh, we got a first mention of Saruman, the easily confused with Sor. I mean, the white. Yes. Um, I, I've always confused those two names the entire time I've been aware of this franchise. Saruman uh, is like a Digimon, right? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, he's a flying type. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. He likes to fly off of buildings. I heard. Um, then we have, we have the poem. We, we get the fucking poem and we get an explanation of what's written on the ring and how that fits into the poem. So I appreciate that, that like connection there. Yeah. Next to each other. Um, and I missed this when you were talking about it earlier, but, uh, when we're talking about the, uh, the shadow takes another shape and grows again, always after mm-hmm. defeat and after, and the respite, the shadow takes a, takes another shape and grows again i wrote down well ain't that the mood of the last four years <laughs> the last few years um yeah i it, did it have really the feeling like of, um like all the stuff you hear about in the news yeah i i kind of thought along the same lines like when when they were talking about how ominous it is and like how how kind of idyllic the the shire is and stuff mm-hmm. and how isolated the hobbits are but like the bad times are coming, you know, and like they're hearing mm-hmm. word of it, you know, more and more. I'm like thinking, mm-hmm. like, well, that's kind of like where we are. Like that's kind of like what we're living mm-hmm. through right now. <laughs> like, like the bad and times. And when you look are, at the people are, who are, are like, when you look at the people who are like in the news for being racist and anti-Semitic and it being literal neo-Nazis, it's like, uh-huh. literally, we had a war about this less than 100 years ago, guys. Yeah, 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 we and lost. it's literally what the Lord of the Rings is about. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. it's uh, no doubt, no doubt about it. It's frustrating. Oh yeah, it's Absolutely. frustrating when the when a hundred year old book becomes applicable. Yeah, no, I, I get it, man. Um, and in fact, there's a line in chapter two that I, you know, it doesn't have to do with the chapter, so I'll just drop it here because it, it seems relevant. But um, when um, Frodo is talking to Gildor, um, Gildor says. Uh, the wide world is all about you. You can fence yourselves in, but you can never fence it out. Or you, sorry, you cannot forever fence it out. That's mm. what it is. Yeah. Hey, Kitty. 
So, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, now, now stage for her solo. Yeah. Can you can you hear oh, her? Yeah. Oh, we can. Yeah. Aw. No, it's great. Girl. Yeah. You know, keep it up. I I I, I think she's got good um, points to make. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Don't worry. Be happy. It's, it's a <laughs> good purr is a good to make. Way to think about it. Yeah. Um, so I got a couple quick notes. They're uh, very quick. As for, before we leave this chapter, um, when we're going through the history of the ring, uh, we get the point where where is it? Um. Isildur has the ring after cutting it off of... No. He does. He cuts off yeah. Sauron's finger. Yeah, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm, reading all, I'm reading all the fucking names, and they all... I'm like, okay, which one's which here? Uh, yeah. yeah, so some guy cuts off Sauron's hand, takes the ring... Um, That's a seal, though. Gets, You're right. And gets... gets chased into what is now Mirkwood, and is waylaid by orcs, and... Almost all of his folk were slain. He leapt into the waters, but the ring slipped from his finger as he swam. And then the orcs saw him and they killed him with arrows. And that reminded me <laughs> of a bit of Irish folklore that I'm aware of. Some of the rare bits of it that I'm actually aware of. Uh, and a figure called, uh, I'm going to butcher the name here, uh, Fergus McRoyk. Baroque? I'll figure it out this summer when I go to Ireland. Um, but uh, there's a line from an abridged anime series that I love, which references this, where the guy the guy who was apparently friends with this with Fergus says, uh, uh, sucks to be Fergus, sucks to be you. So I just wrote sucks to be Fergus here, because what happened to Fergus is he got shot by, or hit by a blind spearsman while swimming in a lake. Oh. So a bit, a bit roundabout there, but <laughs> that's what it made me think of. It's like, oh, he got Fergus. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That sucks. Man, I love those uh, Irish animes. <laughs> oh, it's not Irish. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, we when we we finally get to hear about Smeagol and how he turned into Gollum. Uh, we had our first men- mention of Smeagol as a person and not Gollum, and the connection with his grandmother, uh, which was one of the the hints that we got in the Hobbit as to his origins <clears throat> when he was when they were starting the Rills game. He would think. Of, uh, he was thinking back to when he was amongst all these other creatures like him uh, sitting in their holes and his grandmother would tell riddles to pass the time. So I, I, yeah. I like that it was on both sides of that connection there. Um, and It's interesting. I, I was thinking like, um, oh, I wonder how how long ago, you know, that was. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing that, uh, you know, makes reading the prologue so interesting because um you know Tolkien does mention the stores as like one of the one of the like split off groups of like proto hobbits in the prologue yep and um that was before like the other hobbits i think had traveled and even settled the shire which was like however many thousands of years ago like 1600 like, yeah so gollum is old like yeah he he's probably like seventeen hundred or something. Yeah. Um and I I don't want to look it up just to 
like see if there's any spoilers there but this is one of those things where like yeah the ring can make it ambiguous because it just prolongs your life for however long you have it um but it's also something tolkien would absolutely nail down like the day of the month that he got the ring and like had it so it, it it's a weird it's a weird like flip of the coins like did is is Smeagol just ambiguously old, or is he exactly seventeen hundred forty-two? Right. So could be either either way there, right? Yeah. Um. Also, I don't know if we mentioned it, but I think Gollum told Sauron that the ring still existed. It, yes. Yeah, because he he after meeting Bilbo, he he slinks off towards Mordor, and gets captured and tortured and then mm-hmm. gets kicked out and then eventually uh, Gandalf encounters him and that's where he gets most of the story from. Yeah, that's how that's also how um he knows about the Shire and yes. it's why there's all this shit going down, right? So it's like he kind of figured out in the end, yeah, the Shire and Baggins. So Yeah. And that's why so I I think that's why this is like kicking off now and not, you know, the moment Bilbo picked up the ring. Yeah. 50 years ago. Um, yeah. Or 80 years ago. Uh, and then the, the last note I have that isn't about the dragon, because we already mentioned the dragon. Um, you mentioned earlier that uh, once once Gollum was in under the ground, he hated the dark, he hated the light more, he hated everything, the ring most of all. Gollum is Marvin. <laughs> yeah, he's like a fucked up version of Marvin. Yep. Yeah. Like deranged so. Marvin. <laughs> I think um the only other thing I wanted to mention here, I, I do want to talk about the next chapter. Like I'm ready yeah, for it. Um me too. but it, it was it was interesting that um like talking about Gollum and, and this whole thing, like Gandalf explains everything, and then Frodo's like, wow, like I really wish that Bilbo just fucking killed Gollum. And and then he's like, Gandalf, why didn't you fucking kill Gollum? Why the fuck is Gollum still alive? If Gollum <laughs> is the reason that, like, Sauron knows all this shit, like, we should have just killed Gollum. And, um, you know, I like that because I was, I was kind of thinking that. Um, like, geez, should have just killed the motherfucker. Um, but Gandalf has this really, like, sagely kind of retort. And he, I, I don't know where it was. I didn't take a page note, but he says um, that, you know, Bilbo began his ownership of the ring with pity and that like that was his his strength. But like not only that, it's like the reason why the ring Gandalf suspects that it's because of that, that the ring like was slow to corrupt Bilbo in the first place. Like we see that Smeagol killed his friend who truly found the ring. Smeagol didn't even find it. Mm-hmm. Um, he yep. kills his friend to obtain the ring. And agree. so, like, because he gets the ring, like, through that dark act, it just, like, bores into him and, like, destroys him like a cancer. And yet, um, Bilbo kind of obtains it through, like, this sort of virtuous or, or like, honorable way. And so, like those sinister powers of the ring don't actually um, like take hold of him the same way. 
And uh, so, like, I, I like that idea because, one, it's like, okay, more world, world building. If the ring's so powerful, then why wasn't Bilbo, like, it corrupted? Why is he capable of these things? Um, but then also, you know, it kind of reinforces that idea where it's like, this isn't, like, a, a power fantasy. And it's not a story about, like, overcoming your problems and others through, like, violence. Like, that's what Sauron's doing. Uh, you know, that's, like, the route of evil and the darkness and the bad guys. And so, like, even Bilbo, who came across, like, the most evil objects in all of history, like, um, kind of has, you know, this, this uh, like, purity in his nature that, um, that's, that's, like, really his strength. You know, it would have been the weak choice to kill Gollum. And Gandalf's like, you know, think about how much, like, more strength in a way it takes to not do that. And what it might even lead to. So... There was a lot there that I, I thought was cool, too. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah, so anyways, that's chapter one. Two. Um, thank you. <laughs> that's <laughs> chapter two. No, it feels like chapter... It feels like chapter the first book of the entire franchise. I, I mean, Josh, I'm... T- like, honestly, I... Like, I'm, I'm abridging my notes as it is. Like, I... There's, like, oh, five... Yeah. Or six notes I'm not even going to touch here because it's like, we've done we've done enough, but like, there's a lot. There's a lot. It's a, it's um, a dense fucking chapter, yeah. That being said, is there anything else we want to mention before we continue on to chapter three? I got through all my notes. Unless you want to go good? deep into the, the fucking poem of the ring, but... No, no, I'll, I'll spare you guys. No, I think I'm good as well. I think I think I'm good. All right. Can we take just like a quick two, three minute break? All right, um, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a, a type a very type five, okay? I didn't even say five. I that's I, I you know I'm I'm saying that. I'm okay, saying a gotcha. type five. Okay. I was even gonna say we could be tighter if you want. Type five. All right. All right. All right. I'll be here. Chapter three. Yeah. So chapter three, um, Bilbo, or I keep I'm saying Bilbo, Frodo. <clears throat> um. Frodo, like, puts his plan in motion to, um, as, as, uh, inconspicuously as possible, leave the Shire, because, of course, he is secretly on a journey to go to Rivendell with the ring, um, and figure things out from there. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll see, we'll just see what happens. Um, and, um... You know, but but if he just leaves, if he just vanishes, it's going to cause too much too much attention, too much unwanted attention, and so um, he sells Baggin to the Axville Bagginses, which I thought yep. was so funny. That's... Fucking hate the Saxville Bagginses. <laughs> yep, I just had this big note. Yeah. Like, what yeah. did you do? <laughs> oh, that, that's the thing that he revealed. We revealed that. This isn't like, oh, then then this happened. No, we go to the fucking Green Dragon uh, with astonishing pieces of news. Reaching Ivy Bush and the Green Dragon. Uh, giants and the other portents of the borders of the Shire were forgotten for most the mo- for more important matters. Mr. Frodo was selling Bagend. Indeed, he had already sold it to the Saxville Bagginses. Yeah. It's just like, oh, my God. What the fuck? I know. Yeah, it's all part of his cover to, um, to you know, he's, he's, uh, he bought this place 
on the eastern end of um, the Shire, the very eastern border of it. And so it sounds like from there, he's really going to set out. But he'll be far enough away that, like, no one will know. So, like, you know, that's that's the plan. Um, So he's setting out with, um, with Sam and... Pippin is with him as well. Um, and Mary went ahead with some of the stuff. And, right, and Mary went ahead. Mary and Pippin are, like, actually Frodo's friends. They're they're constantly referred to as, like, his closest friends. Sam, Frodo just owns, like, <laughs> like a dog. Um, <laughs> in fact, later in the chapter, I thought it was funny. I liter- Tolkien literally writes something like, Sam, like, curls up by Frodo's feet and this falls is, asleep. And I was like, the what exact the thing. That's the exact thing I was going to bring up. Uh, it's it it's exactly like a dog. It's yeah. It's like yeah. that's it. That's Frodo's pet. Sam is Frodo's yeah. pet. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to steal your thunder there, but I I really have the exact same thought, Connor. And yeah. I, it's just so it's so funny. Oh man, yeah, it's um, a strange relationship already. <laughs> You know, it's it's actually it's even a little bit funnier. This happened a lot too when we were reading through Hitchhikers because um, we we would talk about the actors, like the guy who played um, Arthur and all that. Like, oh, he's typecast. But um, Elijah Wood, famously played Frodo, of course, also went on to do the show Wilfred, where which is just about him and his dog yeah. uh, companion just yeah. like chilling out. So um, I don't Based know, maybe there's Sam? some connected tissue there. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, that was a great fucking show. Wilfred really, Wilfred was, was good, good, yeah. Yeah, that was a great show. Um, I don't think I ever finished it, but um, yeah, had had some some uh, real surprising moments, some yeah, real like absolutely. dark punching moments in there. Um, I think Elijah Wood's a good like he's maybe a good example of like an actor that did not get typecast after doing this this huge yeah. blockbuster, right? Because he's he's just like yeah. done a lot of different interesting things. Yeah, well, I think, like, you know, that that seems to be, like, the common, I, I don't want to say common, but, like, it's definitely a pattern that you see in, like, um, younger actors who rise to prominence on the backs of these, like, massive IPs, because that's also what Daniel Radcliffe has done, and yeah, he's made, right. like, a really interesting career post-Harry Potter, and... I think even um, some of the Twilight actors, like Daniel, or what was I going to say? Dan- Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson's done a lot of weird shit, or like, or interesting shit. Yeah. So has um, um yeah. What's her face? I, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I Kristen wanted Stewart, to name drop her, and I yeah. Um, is there? Yeah, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, I should know that. Yeah, Kristen Stewart. Um. So yeah, that's that's just the thing. But anyways, um. So yeah, they 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 set out. They're walking. To um to it's like Brooksville or Brandy's Brandy Buck yes Bucksville or something like that something like that um and uh, the only other thing is that Frodo was waiting for Gandalf Gandalf had said that he was going to be there no later than um his birthday because Frodo's plan was to leave just after his his birthday it's his fiftieth birthday like uh, Josh mentioned before. Um, but Gandalf did not show. Not surprisingly, am I right? I mean, come on. But um, but he did not show. It's like yes, wizard. <laughs> it's, 
the thing is, is I get it. You know, I, I feel that I feel that like non-committal plan falling through energy in my bones. You know, like yep. that's that's yeah. sometimes I'm Gandalf. You know, I, I can admit it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure he'll have a great excuse. Yes. Yeah. Just like I sometimes do too. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they set out on the road. <laughs> they set out on the road, um, and. Really, it, it's it's largely uneventful. We get a lot of detail on like what the lay of the land is like, the geography, which roads go where, what do the trees look like. This was like the first time where um, that common criticism that I've heard, not even necessarily a criticism, almost like a warning, where it's like, yeah, Lord of the Rings can be tough to get through or it can be kind of dry because it's like, just Tolkien describing a landscape for several pages. This is where it really like felt like, okay, like it's it's starting to hit me a bit here, because there was a lot of that. Um, yeah. But then yeah. suddenly, the Black Riders show up. We don't know who or what the Black Riders are exactly. Frodo <laughs> doesn't know, right, Josh? Frodo doesn't right. know. So it's just a reminder that Frodo doesn't know. Okay. Yep. Um. So it's like, well, yeah, it is, it's kind of ambiguous. Like, I, I kind of know. Like, this is where my my memory of what happens in the movies gets super muddy anyway. So, ah, OK, well, I feel like I'm pretty sure I know. But I just in case. Yeah. But I, I, I that that's even more intriguing to hear. Like, maybe we're not so sure. So I yeah. know it's um, um, I know it is. Um, John Ritter. Bloom. <laughs> Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, so, so anyways, but like, that's, that's like the big tense moment and it happens twice. The second yeah. time it happens was, I thought really creepy because like we get this imagery of the, the black rider, like crawling. it's just crawling towards him. And, and I'm imagining like in the ring, like, you know, yeah. um, like really unsettling, like something very creepy and unnerving. That, that's um, exactly what I was imagining too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's freaky, and I, I think it's I intended to be that. I don't, I don't even watch horror movies, and I like that was my go-to, like, oh, crawling, creepy, and thing. Like, I, I hadn't even seen that movie. And yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. <laughs> Actually, isn't that funny? The Ring. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a spinoff. It's all connected, man. It's a spinoff. Yeah, it's <laughs> yep. I think that that makes sense. Um. But then the during this time, um, elves are passing by. Josh mentioned that rumor of the elves in the previous chapter. The elves are passing by. The Black Rider um, takes off. You know they're they're interrupted and and they leave. And so Frodo and the gang um, continue on with the the elves. They kind of have like a forest party and and sort of recuperate. And then our chapter sort of ends there with this idea that. You know they're going to continue their journey further next time. Mm -hmm. So a lot, a lot less story dense than the previous chapter. Yeah, I mean, I, there's there won't be as much to say. So, um, Connor, do you want to start us off again here? What did you um, think of this chapter? The, the dope panic sticker you got me for Christmas is makes the worst fucking bookmark because it falls out every fucking ten seconds. Well, that's why it's a sticker and not a bookmark. 
know. Does it make you panic but when you lose like place? A little bit. Well, I don't yeah. use it. I don't use it to like mark like my spot in the book. I use it to mark like this is the beginning of the chapter, so I can flip to it quickly when we're talking. Yeah. But it keeps falling out, so it's useless. Mm. Sorry, that's like the fifth time it's happened since we started talking today, and I just want to. Yeah. Well, go ahead. I thought this was a cool chapter. It's it's fun, just you know, the boys heading out on their their you know dudes road trip. Yeah. Um, just being boys, you know. Dudes rock. Dudes rock. Just curling up by you know by your bro's feet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of just the dog and his boy. You yeah, know? exactly. Hairy feet. Yeah, his, his hairy feet. Um. But yeah, I mean the 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 Black Rider stuff was all very suspenseful, and you know I I love the the tension that Frodo already has with the ring and wanting to use the ring. There's that conflict is already there, uh, yeah, which is consciously moving towards it too. Yeah, yeah, which, which is very exciting. Um, I I thought he had a really great conversation with the the head elf, you know. That Gildor, Gildor, yeah, yeah, you know him and Gildor had a had a heart to heart. That was that was pretty good, and um, you know he he explained to Frodo as much as he could, uh, while while also like pushing back and being like, you know, Frodo, you got to open up yourself. You're holding back, bud. Um, it's true. Yeah, so so I I think it was you know, there, there there was some good character moments there. Um, it, it's, it's gotten me, you know, I, I already feel pretty invested in, in Frodo and, and Sam and, uh, the other guy, uh, <laughs> yeah, Pippin, you know, Pippin, Pippin, uh, yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. It didn't get too, too bogged down in info for me, even though that, that, that was a big part of it. I, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, but it kept the suspense going, and 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 I'm in a place now where, where I I, I gotta know, I gotta know what what those fucking black riders are, man. <laughs> what kind of thing crawls like that, you know? It's weird, right? Weird. That What's can apparently that can apparently speak yeah. too, because we find out this was the same entity that was talking to Sam's. Uh, dad, when Frodo was leaving the Shire, yes, or, sorry, well, re- leaving we, Bag we, End. it's it's not confirmed, right? They say, oh, it could have been somebody else, but it's highly suspected that it, that it is the same yeah. the same thing. Um, yeah, and then also the the head elf was uh he d- he has seen Bilbo. He has seen Bilbo since Bilbo yes. left, which uh, yes. but it was still like fifteen years previous, I think. Yeah, may- maybe, but he's he's playing coy on kind of where he was or in what state he was so it's there's still a bit of mystery there that intrigues me yeah what if this is the last time we hear of bilbo for the entire rest of the series it'd be like (laughs) just pulling pulling a douglas adams just some random elf (laughs) says like yeah we uh yeah we we saw him like 15 years ago bilbo becomes the uh the fenny of of lord of the rings oh my god (laughs) Oh no! Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's actually some other fucking information at the beginning of the chapter. I almost said book again. Uh, before we find out that 
Frodo sold Baggins to the Saxville Bagginses. Um, apparently, uh, Elrond is half elven. It it does it, it does it, says, it's the house say of that. Elrond, it sounds like house it's his elven. name. Half elven. It does sound like that, but these are the kind of names where it's if like if you were a half elf, that would be your name, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I think always you're thought right. Elrond Elrond was like the high elf. Like that's what I always thought of. Yeah. Hell, in in the seventy seven Hobbit movie we watched a couple weeks ago, he's shown to be like a high elf with like star, a crown of stars and shit. Yeah. So I was like, that caught me off guard. And then I read like two sentences later, and it's fucking, and we sell to the Sackville Bagginses, and so that's why my my sticky notes just a big fucking like what in all capitals. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Everything I knew was a lie. Yeah. Make sure you didn't tell me the ring makes puppies. Or some other, like... That's where Sam came from. <laughs> one Plot collar. twist. Yeah, it's it's actually the one collar to rule them all. <laughs> rule all the good it, boys. It can grow in size, interestingly enough. So. Yeah, but it, it, I think he does mention it's, like, really slight. Like, it can either, like, clamp down or, like, like just get loose enough to, to fall off. Right. It is, but just the fact that it can change it all, you know, it is yeah. it is almost like this living thing. It's interesting. Yeah. Interesting enough, I know uh, a fact from the from the movies when they were filming it, they actually made like a dinner plate sized ring for like close up shots. Hmm. So that they could do close up shots without having to actually like macro in on an actual full size ring. So the actual movie ring does grow considerably if you think about it. But... <laughs> Um, That's funny. Also, there's a point where he says they mentioned something about there and back again, but uh, oh yeah, uh, for where am I? Frodo is saying, uh, for where am I to go, and by what shall I steer? What is my quest? Bilbo went there to went to find treasure there and back again, but I go to lose one and not return, as far as I can see. So, I guess the ultimate titles of this book could have been. Uh, uh, lose and never return. <laughs> I prefer that title. Yeah, that is um, that is a cool quote and another another interesting inversion, sort of on um, mm-hmm. on on the whole like Bilbo's journey. Because last time I think um, I mentioned, oh right, that like you know when Bilbo was leaving. He was, like, hungry for adventure. He wanted to leave. And, like, Frodo is, you know, kind of forced into this position. Um, and so we kind of have that, like, that difference between them. And, and even more so here. I like that Frodo just spells it out. He's yeah. not looking for anything. He's trying to discard it, which it's kind of like a fun, you know, flipping it on its head a bit. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, not fun. Not fun, you know. It's, it's it, not. It, it, it's a tr- it's but, interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, um, yeah, I like that too. Let's see. The great journey truly begins when they uh, they finally leave Bag End, like well, halfway through the I, chapter. I just, sorry, Josh. Before we go on, I just got to mention yeah. this because you you touched on um, you were like saying, oh, just before the selling of um, Bag End, I I just I have to ask if anyone. If, if you paused at this line, on my copy, it was page 75. 
It says, just why Mr. Frodo was selling his beautiful hole was even more debatable than the price. I mean, anybody? I took note of it. Frodo was selling his beautiful hole? I took note. Did, if I... did you stop at all? If it, I don't remember, honestly, but I could see myself stopping for that if I was in that mindset. <laughs> you know, I don't want to sound childish over here, but when I was reading, um, I laughed out loud when I read that line. So, um, And as long as we're on the topic of like, hey, that's kind of funny. There's one more thing that like, I just felt like I had to point out. It's on page 77. It has to do with them moving. And um, they they have different people helping to move. And so there's Fredegar Bulger, otherwise known as Fatty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep, I picked up on that, too. Where, That's another another classic Tolkien fatphobic. <laughs> yeah, that really... I mean, like... We were like, oh, okay, you know, it's funny because in the 77 movie, Bomber dies, but he doesn't in The Hobbit. So, you know, maybe maybe Tolkien wasn't that bad after all. <laughs> maybe Tolkien wasn't fatphobic after all. And yet, here, <laughs> he makes a point of, like, doubling down and being like, this character's name is Fatty. <laughs> you know? Because he's fat. Get it? That was, like, the pinnacle it's of humor in that, really you know, that day and age, though. Yeah. It's it's just really funny to me. <laughs> yeah, this, this this fat character. I don't know. It just I, it just it makes me think of like George Lucas. It just it's like what's this guy's name? Well, he's really fat, so uh, we'll call him Fatso Glumbar. You know, like he's fatty. <laughs> Whatever. They actually named a go. Jedi like like I'm gonna die or something like that, and then they kill him off like 20 minutes later into an episode of the Clone Wars. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's a real thing. Yeah. Or or the, the prequel meme subreddit has been lying to me for the last two years. Um, uh, either way. Either, either way, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, so we, I mentioned this last week, we have officially passed the point in the book that I managed to get to by myself a couple years ago. The point was uh, when the fox notices them sleeping in the trees and... Uh, the fox thinks to itself, hobbits, well, what next? I've heard of strange doings in this land, but I have seldom heard of a hobbit sleeping out, out of the doors under a tree. Three of them. There's something mighty queer about this. He was quite right, but he never found out any more about it. Very, <laughs> very Adams-esque right there. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, let's just go to the the, uh, the point of view of a fox. There's some random fox in the Shire. We'll, we'll see what this fox has been thinking about the fact that he can't trust three <laughs> hobbits sitting under the tree. And then we will go away from the fox, never to return, knowing exactly that the fox, uh, knowing exactly that the fox is never going to know any more about the story than we are going to know about yeah. the fox. And now we know that um, foxes think in English. That too. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm glad you brought that up, Josh. I'm sure we all have the same thought because I'm right there with you. Definitely Douglas Adams again. Um, and then also, I thought it was like kind of a cool or like a funny sort of continuation or even like a nod to The Hobbit because I could not get over all the talking animals. <laughs> and so like here, Tolkien doesn't have the fox open its mouth and speak, but he's still, right, like, you know, 
gives us an inner an inner look into its its mind and its thoughts. Yeah. Um, so things so kind of like, better for you. Well, it just feels like. Um, I mean, I guess in a way. Well, it's not even better or worse. It's it has more to do with like the the tone that like he's trying to convey. And I think that's part of what makes the Hobbit feel more like that storybook feel, you know, of having like a bunch of talking animals, like a classic fairy tale. Whereas here, I think he's trying to go for something a little more serious. So like he still has an animal and we still get a look into like what it's thinking, but it doesn't actually express it. Um, I don't know. I just felt like it was a cool way to like incorporate that Hobbit style into the Lord of the Rings. I don't really expect we'll see much more of it, but, um, it was funny that it was there. Yeah. I think we're going to get a lot more talking animals, actually. I, I suspect we will. <laughs> <laughs> I so we've gotten more songs. We have gotten yeah. more songs lately. Speaking of songs, that's actually my next note. Uh, Frodo uh, has his song a couple pages later. Uh, that is a continuation of Bilbo's rhyming. They even pointed out, uh, Pippin even points it out, that it sounds like one of Bilbo's rhymes. Um. Now far ahead, the road is gone, and I must follow if I can, pursuing it with wary feet until it joins some larger way, uh, where many paths and errands meet, and whither then I cannot say. So it's it's like that that same song that started at the end of the Hobbit continues in uh, a long expected party, and is now continuing again as Frodo sets off on his journey seventeen years later. It's like a very uh, strong out song. I almost said long song, but. Uh, that's a different thing from Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> um, also, the idea that all roads lead to uh, the Lonely Mountain, Mirkwood, and Mordor, and the uh, apparently the Shire to Bag End. Like, all the roads are connected, and that, that whole idea of, like, every road is connected. It's the Middle-Earth equivalent of uh, all, lo- all roads lead to Rome. Yeah. Yeah, I um I like that idea too, right? Like Frodo's thinking back on on what Bilbo said and um mm-hmm. Bilbo has that quote, it's a dangerous business Frodo going out of your door. And um yeah, like there's there's that idea that like because things are connected like there's there's really only one road, you know. You could walk out your front door and in some way of separation, you know, you're connected to somewhere like hundreds of miles yeah. away from you, you know. Yeah, he said like this is the path like they're standing on the front porch of Bag End. It's like, yeah, this is the path to the the Lonely Mountain and to the Markwood, and also to Mordor, apparently. Yeah, which is absolutely true. But it's also like, come on, there's at least two turns along the way. Right. Yeah. It's like it's not right. That's the thing. It's like it's not really, but like it also kind of is really. That's the, that's what's mm-hmm. funny about it. Um, and even um, when Frodo leaves Bag Ends. Uh, Tolkien has a note saying that he he's going in the same direction that that Bilbo did when he went on his adventure, but he didn't know it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's uh, a lot of parallels there. I got three more notes here. Uh, when they're talking about the first Dark Rider, uh, Sam is asking about the smelling. Uh, Frodo's muttering about. Uh, he wished they'd wait for Gandalf, but perhaps it would only have made matters worse. Um, and Pippin caught the muttered words. And uh, Frodo says, I, I don't know, and I would rather not guess. 
All right, cousin Frodo, you can keep your secret for the present. It's uh, it's just another meme that popped up to me. Oh, right, keep your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> but I wrote it. I wrote it as the more recent iteration of the meme, which is I think Frodo with a snorkeling mask underwater that says, "All right, keep your secrets." <laughs> okay. That's how I wrote that. <laughs> okay. I'll send that one to you because uh... it's. But that that's what was going through my brain on Sunday after five hours of trying to get through this. So oh yeah, my okay, fair enough. Let me find this. Um, do, 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 do. Okay. Uh, we also got lore on some of the constellations when they. And Connor, you'll uh, post that meme with the episode on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, along with Frodo, the caption will be Frodo selling his beautiful hole. <laughs> yes, there we go. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Here it is. Um, oh, fuck. Anyway. That was a classic, like, don't, like, doll. Yeah. yeah. That was like channeling, real, uh, channeling Homer. Yeah. To call that pulling a Homer Simpson. Yeah, I'm getting all these, like, security risk things trying to look it up a meme. That's uh, I feel like um, it's really not important. Yeah, no, it is. Let, no, hey, great. Connor, Connor. But you guys can Connor, Connor, yeah. Connor, let him cook. Let him cook. Can I just, can I just drop it? Anyway, um, we we got some actual oh like God. <laughs> we got some actual constellation lore uh, when they were setting up for the night uh, right before they they find the elves. So yeah, it's like away high in the east swung uh, Remarath, the Ned Stars, and slowly above the mists of the mist red Borgil rose, glowing like a jewel of fire. Then, by some shift of airs, all the mist was drawn away like a veil, and there leaned up, as he climbed over the rim of the world, the swordsman of the sky, Menelvagor, and his shining belt. The elves all burst into song, and uh, the, under the trees, a fire sprang up with red light. With a red light. So it's like, oh, we're just learning about the, the fucking uh constellations now awesome more world building yeah i did think that was interesting but i was going to ask because it's not before they meet the elves it's after um yeah no i just saw elves and they'll say come it, join us it kind of seemed like because at first like the the elves and the hobbits are just kind of sitting around it even says like pippin falls asleep and then that's when they talk about that i was like what is this this isn't what they described and i kind of got the impression they were like waiting for a certain time of night or for like certain stars yeah. to appear like in order for this like magical forest gathering to happen or apparently because it, yeah. it it sort of calls back to like in the hobbit when they're in the murkwood and the dwarves try to run up and crash their party and then like you know all the elves vanish and then they reappear elsewhere and i guess it just kind of like it kind of gave me this idea that um like yeah, it's magical, but something about their magic is like tied to the heavens. Maybe like they can't just do it; they're actually like waiting for something. Like when they're waiting for the last light of Durin's day, yeah. something like that, you know. But yeah, yeah no, it's, 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 it's that time of day magic, I guess. Um, let's see. Oh, and at the very end of the chapter. Uh, Frodo gets named Elf Friend 
before leaving the Shire, which is way faster than Bilbo. Bilbo had to go all the way there and was almost back again before he got named Elf Friend officially. Uh, though the Goblin King technically called him an Elf Friend, but that wasn't like bestowed upon him by the elves. Yeah, I think I think Frodo's kind of nepo babied in though because Bilbo's already sure. already an elf friend and teaches him the language a little bit, you know. Yeah, and the other elves are like, "Oh, you actually know our language already. Cool, you can be our friend." Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and then he's uh, kind of like the Jamie Lee Curtis of hobbits. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> uh, I, don't. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm. It's nine thirty, and I I have. I, I had like ten hours of work today. I'm no, Josh. It's, it's, of no, it's not you. Don't worry. It's not you. <laughs> we can blame Josh for this one. It's fine. <laughs> my last, my last note is another just like stupid joke, which is that Gildor casts sleep on the annoying hobbits to get them to uh, fuck off for the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah. It it the the language at the end of the chapter is. Uh, uh, made it sound like he was urging them to go to sleep and, it, and Frodo starts feeling sleepy and it's like, oh, that's this must be some insidious magic that's being cast on our, our heroic hobbits just to make them fuck off. Hmm. Yeah, I think so a little yeah. bit too. So, that's all I had on this chapter. Anything else you wanted to mention? Yeah, um... We actually touched on pretty much everything. So I think the only other thing I want to say here. Um, so when when Frodo is talking to Gildor, um, in my copy, it's page 93. <clears throat> um, so just towards the end of this, uh, this chapter here. Um, Frodo's like, hey, so about the Black Riders, like, what's the deal? And... Um, and Gildor's response is, has Gandalf told you nothing? Yep. And I thought that was a great line because we just got through reading an entire chapter where Gandalf pretty much did not shut the fuck up. Like, it was almost <laughs> all of Gandalf talking. Yeah. And so we kind of get this idea that there's still so much Gandalf hasn't said. Um he says a lot with saying a little. That there's still so much that he's right, yeah. Like, and he's he's still withholding. And like, I I also like that Gildor kind of, you know, pretty much says, um, well, if Gandalf didn't tell you, it's probably because like he thinks that if you knew, you know, you'd be you'd be too scared, essentially, or or like yeah. you know that you not knowing is better. And Gandalf yeah. is always making that decision he's always choosing you know what other people are or are not allowed to know he's making decisions that like feel um i guess like i don't want to say uncomfortable because like it's one of those things like he pretty much always ends up being right but it doesn't mean that he's (laughs) doing the right thing necessarily either you know i think to withhold these things it's like it's it's not necessarily good yeah, I think Frodo even points out like, well, now I'm I'm even more scared because I don't know what I'm supposed to be scared about. He's, yeah, he's doing it strategically. You know, he he thinks he knows best, like, you know, always. 
So he's withholding information that he he thinks would not behoove Frodo to to know at this point in the journey, right? Yeah. Uh, but who's to say? Maybe maybe he he's not always as smart as he thinks he is, and he'll have to reckon with that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, come to think of it, in, in chapter one, I forget what he admits to exactly, but he says. He's like, oh, you know, I'm afraid I made a grave mistake and, it, you know, it won't be my last or like he admits to making some kind of mistake. Mm. I think it, it had to do maybe with Gollum somehow. Um, but I guess the I point is, is like, you know, Gandalf isn't perfect. Gandalf knows he isn't perfect, but he's always making these decisions like on on behalf of other people. Like he just completely undermines everyone else like autonomy and yep. and their rights and like it's not to to go on like a, a tirade where it's like well these people deserve this like it's a story and i like that gandalf does that like it makes him interesting but i think it yeah. makes him flawed like oh yeah gandalf is like usually i think portrayed as like you know the ultimate fucking badass who knows how to do everything and it's like but he's like he really is an asshole like he, he is, really is just a yeah. huge dick he's, he's manipulative he, He's manipulative. That's it. Yep. He likes to make choices for other people so that they continue to live. You could say he's pro-life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I do like that, um, you know, Gildor kind of like echoes or backs up Gandalf. He's like, yeah, if Gandalf hasn't told you. It's he, he probably has a good reason to, you know, it's probably because you knowing it would be worse. Yeah. So, like, I think that there's this idea that, like, the higher beings or or the beings that would like to consider themselves to be higher, the elves, of course, the wizards, um, are like, yeah, you know, we we always just like we're constantly making decisions on your behalf we're that you are no for the little guy. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, no, Gandalf probably just said that because your stupid little Hobbit brain couldn't even <laughs> comprehend it. So don't worry about it. Yep. Just go to sleep. You know. Um, exactly. Curl I up don't by really your friends. Know. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, your pretty little head. And I, I really don't know what Tolkien's intent here is. It, it doesn't matter. It really, it doesn't matter that much, honestly. Despite what he would say, I don't think it matters. Um, but, but I, I do think it's funny that this idea is cropping up yet again. Um, yeah. Last thing I want to mention: this, this chapter closes. Um, the last, the last page here. Um, Frodo says but where shall I find courage that is what I chiefly need um, Frodo says he needs courage and in the first I keep saying the first chapter what I really mean is the second chapter the first chapter we discussed today in the second chapter on page 70 we really need um, like, the same fucking books next uh, time. I'm, I'm just saying it for yeah, my own sake and maybe for others. Oh, yeah. Um, it says... Um, where was it? Okay. Um, and, and this is where Frodo's saying, why did it come to me? We're talking about the ring, of course. Why was I chosen? Such questions could not be answered, said Gandalf. You may be sure that it was not for any merit that others do not possess. Not for power or wisdom, at any rate. So, Gandalf says, Frodo, you don't have extraordinary power. You don't have extraordinary wisdom. 
And then Frodo at the end of this chapter says, I need courage. That's the Triforce, baby. <laughs> um, good, so good fucking catch right there. Frodo is our, our link character. Yep. And we've already been talking, you know, Sauron is a little like Ganon, I'm just saying. But it's <laughs> it's funny that those three words wow. are, are dropped power and wisdom right next to each other and Frodo Sam, seeking courage. Sam is Zelda. Yes. Yeah, obviously. Sam, Sam is Zelda. Yeah. The wise words of the potato farmer, yes. The potato <laughs> farmer's son. The gardener's son, yeah. Yeah. Uh so that, that's it. I, there's no no insight there. Just funny that um yeah, that's that, a, that, that, that cropped up. Good connection. I don't think I would have made that ever. I definitely wouldn't have. No. no. Um, only other All thing right. I really want to mention. I didn't write a note down for it, but it's when Gildor and it's during Gildor and Frodo's conversation. Uh, it's page one hundred five for me. Gildor says. That Gandalf should be... I, I do not like the news. That Gandalf should be late. Does not bode well. Mm. Uh, but it is said, do not meddle in the affairs of wizards, for they are subtle and quick to anger. The choice is yours, to go or wait. And it is also said, answered Frodo, go not to the elves for counsel, for they will say both yes, both no and yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good uh, quip. Yeah. Yeah. It's even funnier because Gildor was like, "All right, fine, I'll give you some fucking advice." So, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, you got you got the elf to laugh. So yeah, no, that that was good. I feel that like I feel like getting an elf to laugh would be like getting one of like the royal guards at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> yeah, they're always portrayed as like very stoic and like scholarly. So seeing one of them laugh was a little, but they're always merry. Also described as merry, so maybe not. I'm I'm conflating a couple different. Things no, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, they're like, especially in the the Peter Jackson films, they're definitely portrayed that way. And yet we have seen them be very merry. So in, in but I, I hear you. text. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we're wrapping up here, I'm assuming we're good on talking about these two chapters or do we want to mention anything else? I'm all done. I'm all set. I'm I'm running okay. rapidly running out of steam here. No, no, no. I mean, this this is it. I'm done, too. But I, I wanted to ask Josh. <clears throat> Because you, you mentioned it, and you said that um, did I now? You you mentioned that you read past the point where um, you stopped last time you attempted to read the Fellowship. Yes. And I guess I was wondering if um, you had any like feelings about like you know was was there like a moment when you turned that page or you know like what was it like to continue on and and how do you feel having read even just slightly further now, finishing this this uh, third chapter? Um, well, I'm, I'm rereading my note here. So my note specifically says, this is the farthest that I have ever read in The Lord of the Rings. To read further is completely ne new and unknown to me. Uh, thanks, old bookmark. Because without leaving the bookmark in there from last time, I never would have known where that spot was. Um, but it just felt... Enough time has passed where the parts we'd read up to that point were still new. So the actual feeling of reading the the parts beyond it were very similar. Um, like I I remembered some of the details of like how the party went down and um, I I completely forgot details of like 
what happened to Bag End and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, look how many fucking notes I have. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is a very dense book and I can't keep all the details in my head. Like with Hitchhiker's Guide, it's been 10 years. I'd read it twice and uh, everything really stuck in my head except for like the exact order of events as they occurred. But here it's it's very much like I'm only going off of what I what little I can remember of the movie and from 10 years ago, plus whatever memes I just happened to come across on Reddit, like the secrets one that I, I actually managed to post into chat while we were talking. <laughs> um, so to answer your question, it felt largely the same, but there's more unknown ahead and that that's exciting. Yeah. I hope, nice. I hope the chapters get a little shorter. I wouldn't least, expect that. Or at least easier to read. I don't know maybe, if I expect maybe, that either. Maybe I just need to get more sleep. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, there's kind of a combination of a few things, but you know, I also suspect the more we read, the more we'll kind of grow accustomed to um I mean, I still think writing, so. I still think when when I'm setting getting ready for the weekend, it's like, <clears throat> all right, I'm gonna do my taxes, and then I gotta fucking read The Hobbit. No, Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's very Hobbit too. Like, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, it's very much like I'm still going. Like, gotta read my gotta read my chapters of The Hobbit. No, no, Fellowship. Come on. <laughs> it's been yeah, like three weeks. Yeah, I mean, The Hobbit. It's still now new, we're like uh, hundred pages in, you know. We're so it right. still feels like we're in the beginning. Yeah, um, very much so. Yeah. But anyways, let's we're wrap like, it up. We're actually um, a quarter of the way through the physical book, though. If you want more of Chapter Jumps, please go to Patreon.com/slash/ChapterJumps. You can uh, be a part of our book voting process for the books we read next. Uh, you can get bonus episodes where we're reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, you can get into a Discord chat, too. All for at least $1 or $5. Or 3 or $5. 3 3 or 5 Yeah, there's no $1 tier. That was a mistake. Don't get too excited. No, Connor, it's 1 and 3. Is it? There, sh- there should be a $1 tier. Didn't you set it up? It's 1 and 3. I know. I, 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 I didn't set it up. That was all. Uh, oh, don't, Duncan. don't, don't. That was Duncan. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. It's one and yep. three. It's one and three. Keep okay, going. Okay, so they say it's one and three. I'm not so sure about that, but we'll just take their word for it. Um, if you want to, to contact us, please email us. You can uh, do that. We are at uh, chapterchumpspod at gmail.com. Tell us how our us. are wrong. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chapterchumps. And, While they still exist. And until next time. If you uh, join our newly launched $10 uh, Patreon <laughs> subscription tier, you can get exclusive access to Frodo's OnlyFans, where he is Ooh. selling his beautiful hole oh, online. I'm, I'm subscribing. Yeah, that's, that gotta, is where you got to follow the money. I got to see so. that hole, baby. I got to see that hole. Oh, God.